want to encourage you, don't get discouraged. Don't become depressed. Don't become overwhelmed by the darkness that is seeking to overtake our nation. I actually believe that the increase of darkness in a nation is a prophetic sign to the church that now is the time to arise and shine, not run and hide. But I believe COVID-19 has come to expose fair weather fans. I believe that a virus with a 99.9% survival rate has come and exposed people who want to ask questions like, well, do you think the apostles would meet if Corona was around? What? They still met and martyrdom was knocking at their door, folks. Certain death was awaiting them guaranteed and they still bought into the gospel message. But see, if you're not sold out, you'll sell out. You know the reason why people backslide in America? Because they never front slid. Talking about who lost their salvation, I question if they ever even had it. Church is not a circus. This is not a cruise ship. This is... The rich young ruler. You guys know this story? Rich young ruler, worldly possessions, all that he had. This is the gospel you don't hear anymore. Makes a couple of sacrifices. He thinks he's doing good. He, you know, made it through three songs, threw 20 bucks in the offering, feeling good about himself, not cheating on his wife anymore, you know, has a nice house, good job, 401k, doing good. Jesus, what does it take to follow you? And Jesus, this is what the scripture says. He looked at the rich young ruler in love and said sell all that you have but the struggle in this room is brother what you're saying isn't loving do we realize that in america our definition of love is not biblical anymore we don't believe in a love that tells the truth telling the truth is now hate speech we don't know a love that confronts can I ask some parents in here if you have kids and you were on a highway, you were coming up to it and your child got out of a car and it, and it was getting, the, the child was getting ready to walk in front of a semi, do you think that you just stand by and let that happen? You, do you not think that you would shout, you would scream, you would probably even give your own life to spare your child? Do you not think that the deeper the American church falls asleep, the louder the father's going to yell? Do you not think that in his great love and mercy, he's going to raise up wild messengers? You, you don't understand them. You think they're cruel and they're harsh. And really, they have smelled the flaming fire of hell. 
and they recognize the deception that the church is in and you mistake their passion for not loving when really they love you enough right now to offend you versus not saying anything and you spend eternity in hell. I love you enough to speak the truth to you, to warn you, to, to try to spare you your life from just letting you walking out here thinking, well, a little bit of Jesus, a little bit of American, a little bit of... And the fact that we think this stuff is harsh just shows us how far we've strayed from the truth. Shalom, my friends. Peace be upon you. Welcome back to the broadcast. We are looking at this week's prophet portion, which happens to be Malachi chapter 1 uh, through chapter 2, verse 7. That's actually very, very short. We're still less than, we're just right around 20-some verses uh, for this week's prophet portion. I'm going to do something a little different uh, this week. Uh, last few weeks I've been doing the prophet's portion, and then a couple days later releasing the devotional in a different separate podcast. But today, uh, I'm just going to combine the two. So we're going to read our prophet's portion for the week, and then I'm going to give you my devotional that I've written uh, for this particular uh, prophet's portion. Uh, this, you know, this week's portion deals with the priesthood and warnings to the priest who, they, they're not honoring God anymore, right? Like, it's all for show at this point. They call him Father, you know. He says, you call me Father, but you don't actually see me as your Father. You don't fear me, you don't honor me. And as I was reading it, I was just thinking about the condition of the church here in the United States of America. And so, that's kind of where my devotional is headed and uh you know it's it's a little strong and as many of you know who've been following me for the last seven years six years whatever it is two since 2014 i've been pretty hard on the american church and it's because i've seen you know i foresee the road the path that the church has been on and where that was going to lead and i knew as the condition of the church got worse the condition of society would get worse. People don't understand how much impact and power the church has, especially when it's following Messiah, when it's truly following Jesus, when it's truly living out the scriptures and walking in righteousness and holiness. It has a lot of power. It has the ability to hold off all this evil. And you say, how can all this evil have manifested how has it gained so much momentum and power and it's because the church has become so weak it's become so much like the world that it lacks the ability to restrain evil this is what happens and so yes i've been hard on the church and i've been hard on uh pastors and but it's with good reason and now here we are in a time of great darkness and only the true light can remove that darkness. 
Let's read this Malachi chapter 1 through 2 verse 7. God talks about his love for the for Israel. He talks about these polluted offerings of the priest. And he, then he rebukes the priest. And that's what we're going to be looking at in our study today. And then I'll read you my uh, devotional to go along with this. And I just pray up front in the powerful name of Jesus that you be blessed by this. That it would pierce your hearts. That it causes you to draw closer to Jesus, to Yeshua. That it sets you on fire for him and causes you to seek a deeper relationship with God and to remove yourself from this world that does nothing but disappoint and deceive and hurt. Let's take a look at our study. Verse 1. The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet ye say, Wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother? Saith the Lord, yet I loved Jacob. I hated Esau, and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Whereas Edom saith, We are impoverished, but we will return and build in desolate places. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, They shall build, but I will throw down, and they shall call them the border of wickedness and the people against whom the Lord hath indignation forever. And your eyes shall see, and you shall say, The Lord will be magnified from the border of Israel. A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest, that despise my name. And ye say, Wherein have we despised thy name? You offer polluted bread upon mine altar, and you say, Wherein have we polluted thee? In that ye say, The table of the Lord is contemptible. And if ye offer the blind for sacrifices, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee, or accept thy person? Saith the Lord of hosts. And now I pray you, beseech God that he will be gracious unto us. This has been your means. Will he regard your persons? Saith the Lord of hosts. Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for naught? Neither do you kindle fire on mine altar for naught. I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts. Neither will I accept an offering at your hand. For from the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. And in every place incense shall be offered unto my name, and a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye have profaned it in that ye say the table of the Lord is polluted, and the fruit thereof, even his meat, is contemptible. You said also, Behold, what a weariness it is. And ye have snuffed at it, saith the Lord of hosts, and ye brought that which was torn, and the lame, and the sick. Thus ye brought an offering. Should I accept this of your hand? saith the Lord. 
but cursed be the deceiver, which hath in his flock a male, and a voweth, and sacrificeth unto the Lord a corrupt thing. For I am a great king, saith the Lord of hosts, and my name is dreadful among the heathen. And now, O ye priest, this commandment is for you. If you will not hear, and if you will not lay it to heart, to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yea, I have cursed them already, because ye do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will corrupt your seed and spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of your solemn feast, and one shall take you away with it. And you shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that, that my covenant might be with the Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him of life of peace, and I gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me, and was afraid before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth, and the iniquity was not found in his lips, and he walked with me in peace and equity, and did turn many away from iniquity. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek the law at his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. Alright, that is the prophet's portion. I want to zero back in on this, these last few verses here. Let's just kind of look at them again real quick uh, before I get into my devotional. Um, sometimes as I'm reading them, there's a bunch of thoughts going into my mind, and then I'm then I'm just kind of like reading subconsciously and trying to deal with these thoughts that are coming in. Um, let me just focus in on this because this is these seven verses here are kind of God rebuking the priest and saying he's going to basically destroy their religious thing they've got going on. And I was just thinking, let me just tell you what was going through my mind. You know, every state is different on how they're dealing with all of this um, and you what I've noticed is that the churches that are still Bible believing Bible preaching churches at least here in the state of Indiana are still doing their services okay you go in and it's just business as usual and the, and the pastor preaches from the Bible and I've noticed some of the lukewarm churches and I've been in this community for a very very long time and I've been to many of the churches, so I have a good foundation of what I'm saying. And I don't know if this is indicative of how it is across the entire country, or if it's just this small little area of the, of the country. But the lukewarm churches, the ones that, or at least I know of this example, the ones that, uh, you know, it's more about feely good fluffy here's some self-help here's some how to live your best life type mentality and we don't want to offend anyone and you know you know that that fake non-spirit filled church by the way they all think they're filled with the spirit but if you're a true follower of christ and you walk in there you can tell right you, can, you just know they're all closed and have went online because they go along with the world Right. Whereas the the real Bible teaching ones are open. It's almost like God 
is shutting down these lukewarm places. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's kind of, that's the thought I, that this is just a thought that just came into my mind as I was reading this. And I was thinking, man, there might be something to all this. Let me, let me read these last seven verses again. Then I'm going to read my devotional because I feel like my mind's wandering too much and I may not be making any sense and I don't want to confuse anyone. All right, let's read these last seven verses one more time. He says, And now, O you priest, this commandment is for you. If you will not hear, if you will not lay it to heart, in other words, if you won't take it seriously, to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yea, I have cursed them already, because ye do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will corrupt your seed, and spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of your solemn feast, and one shall take you away with it. You know, he mentions the solemn feast. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna lay waste to all your religious activity. And you shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that any covenant might be with Levi, that my covenant might be with Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him of life and peace, and I gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name. You see, there's no fear of the Lord in the churches anymore. If they had the actual fear of the Lord, they would not allow and permit the wickedness and the perversions and all the things that clearly go against what the Bible has to say. They wouldn't be allowing this kind of junk in their churches. Verse 6. The law of truth was in his mouth, and iniquity was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and did not turn many away from any. He did turn many away from iniquity. You see, when you preach the truth, when you tell the truth, when you teach the fear of the Lord, it turns people away from the flames of hell. Verse 7, For the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek the law at his mouth, for he is a messenger of the Lord of hosts. You see, that, the law, the truth, righteousness, these are things that people are supposed to find coming out of the lips of the messengers of God. But is that what we're witnessing today? Yes, it exists. There's plenty of, listen, there's plenty of churches who preach the truth. Don't get it mixed up. Just because a majority don't doesn't mean there's not... I guarantee you God has has His people, He has His remnant in every corner. Okay? You just have to figure out where they're at. Alright, let me read my devotional. For this week, dealing with the great rebuke to the priest. Here's what I wrote. We are living... In a time when the spiritual leaders of our day, when the preachers and the priests of our day have gone their own ways, and the fear of Jehovah is not upon them, they preach the doctrines of men instead of the gospel of Jesus. They welcome in the masses to be entertained instead of to be converted and transformed. They offer up nothing to God but empty words, which is a great stench in his nostrils. In the book of Malachi, we see the great rebuke to the priest of Israel and a great warning 
their blessings will soon be turned into curses. They call him father, yet in their actions, yet their actions show a different view. They refuse to honor him and to fear him like the lukewarm church of today. The intent of their heart was evil, though they thought it was good. Malachi verse, chapter 1 verse 6 says, A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest that despise my name. And you say, Wherein have we despised thy name? God then pronounces a judgment upon the priest. If they refuse to listen to his voice, and to give honor to his name, this should come as a great warning to those who dare call themselves preachers in America today. Dear American pastors, your country is covered in darkness. Your seats are filled with carnal minds. There's no presence of God among you, only empty emotions created by your production. You entertain your flock, meanwhile their souls are lost. You do not give honor to the God of the Bible, but to a God of your own imagination. You lead your flocks off a cliff and into the pits of hell. Judgment is at the door of this nation. Nay, judgment has arrived, and it begins in the house of the Lord. Malachi 2 Verse 1 through 3 says this, And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. If you will not hear, if you will not lay it to heart to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yea, I have cursed them already, because you do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will corrupt your seed, and I will spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of your solemn feast and one shall take you away with it. Those who truly love God, the true remnant of Messiah, must come out from the church of Babylon and the doctrines of men and devils. However, this is not to say that we shouldn't gather. I believe quite the opposite. We must seek out Bible-believing, spirit-filled churches and then lift them up with our support. We must be a great and bright light in this time of horrible darkness. We may be tempted to separate ourselves from everyone and everything, but that would be a great mistake. This is a season when the faithful are needed the most. As the days of Messiah approach, we must become all the more active, and the true body of Christ must come together like never before. Hebrews 10, 24-25 says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. There's my devotional for this week, and I must admit... You know, sometimes I write things and record things and say things and I've, I don't feel any, any anxiousness about it. For some reason, I feel anxiousness about uh, this devotional this week. And I think it's because it requires me to kind of just call out the pastors in this country. 
and as a man who's unperfect as myself, uh, that comes with great discomfort. However, I, f I feel that we are at a time now where dilly-dallying around things, there's just no time for it. We have reached a point of crisis in this country, and I'm talking spiritually. Listen, what happens in the spiritual manifests in the physical. The reason, like I said at the beginning, that you see so much darkness is because the church has become so weak and impotent. Because it's not really speared with the Spirit of God. It's as we've talked already. The only way to brighten this nation is for the true remnant of God to act like the remnant of God. Not to hide away in our homes. Not to put our heads in the sand and say, oh well. There's a great harvest laid out before us. There's a great harvest and it's dry. And the church needs to be like fire. And here's what the enemy doesn't realize. Is when you tighten down the device. When the walls are closing in. When the temperatures are turned up. That's when the gospel spreads like uncontrollable wildfire. And the harvest is before us like dry grass. And once there's a spark. That thing's going to take off. It always happens. You know, the enemy comes up with such great and elaborate schemes and great mechanisms of deception, but still is unable to figure out that the best way to weaken the church is to make it comfortable. As we've seen. But when you make it uncomfortable, you awaken it. And you see, God may be allowing this for that very reason. There may be purpose in all of this. Because God's mission in life is not to make you comfortable. Not for you to just be happy with every moment of your life. But to make you right with Him. And to make you the type of person you need to be to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Don't believe the lie that your actions don't matter. They do. Alright, at the risk of blabbering more and watering down the word of God with my commentary and thoughts. I'm going to wrap it up here. I just want to say thank you to all of you who continue to support this work. You know, when times are hard, that's when support becomes more difficult to come by. And we need to lift up, you know, if you're if you feel like this this work that's being done here is is powerful and meaningful and necessary then please consider supporting it. But we need to support things that really lift up the Word of God and that really have a great impact on the kingdom. And we need to stop funding things that only serve to lead Christians further away from God. Lukewarmness. Prosperity gospel. Self-help gospel. 
This nation and this world needs to hear true preaching, needs to hear repentance, needs to hear righteousness, needs to hear holiness, needs to hear fear God. And so I thank all of you for your prayers and those of you who support this work. Thank you to those of you who purchased my 30-day devotional. I'm working on a new one. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take, so I ask for your prayers. Um, but it's going to be about righteousness and holiness. About calling. Because that's always been one of my missions, to call people back to righteousness and holiness. Alright, that's enough. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.